This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Thank you again for your generous giving. We appreciate that. Let me just remind you, you know, of course, this month, the 21st, Easter is coming. Amen? And listen, we, we put together some uh, invite cards, and we've got some other material that's in process of coming to, to, to help you get the word out. But listen, invite people here for Easter. Amen? People are open that time of year. You know, they say Easter and Christmas are two times when we, we're talking about people who are, who are either not saved or for whatever reason or unchurched, out of church or whatever. And this is a great opportunity to invite them here. We're going to be, uh, today we're talking about the power of the cross, but we're going to be starting a series in Easter, on Easter and, and following up for several weeks on the power of resurrection. Anybody get the letter? Did you read that? See, I hope y'all read. Y'all take the time to read that because I take the time to write it. <laughs> but about the power of resurrection, I'm telling you, it is awesome what God has accomplished through the cross and through the power of the resurrection. And if we can let people connect, not not to a, a religion, not to a, an organization, but they can connect to the living Christ. They can connect to the power of resurrection and the power of God's grace. Their lives can be changed. Their families can be changed. And our community, community can be transformed. So I want to encourage you. If you didn't, there's some of those little, they're business cards that says you're invited. Take some of those with you. And wherever you go, just hand them out to people. Even if you're a little shy, if you really can't say anything, you can leave that. You're out to eat and you leave that. Your tip with the waitress, leave one of those cards. You know, you're in the, the, uh, the line for getting your groceries or you're picking up your dry cleaning or whatever you're doing, hand one to the clerk. Amen? Even if, even if you're the, so shy that you, you just, you know, you're not just good, that's why we print them up. You can just hand them out to people. Amen? But encourage them. Encourage your neighbors, your families, people you know that are not in church to come out. Because I promise you, I'm praying. I, man, God's given me a series. As a matter of fact, the series that we're going to be doing here, all our campuses are going to be doing simultaneously. They're going to be doing the same series. So it's going to be a powerful time in the Lord. Amen? Amen? Praise the Lord. Well, how many of you got your Bibles or you got your Bible app with you? They're on your smartphone or something. Let's see them. Hold your phone up. You got them on the phone. There you go. Amen. Somebody, you got them both ways. That's good, too. <laughs> Amen. I, I, I've got it on my, my phone too, but it's just a little easier for me to read from this bigger print. Uh-huh. It was it Jeremy was telling me, he said, I was telling him, I said, don't forget to take my glasses in there. He said, oh, you don't need glasses. I said, yeah, I do. <laughs> but turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. We're going to be talking about these next two weeks. And let me just say that next week, the 14th, uh, Pastor Walt Preston's going to be preaching. Cassini and I are going to be out of town for a few days seeing our grandson. We hadn't, I hadn't seen him since January in person, just 
Pictures and videos is okay, but it ain't the thing. It's just not. <laughs> Kathy, you understand, don't you? <laughs> so, but, but brother, brother Wall will be here. He'll, he'll be bringing the message. It'll be good. Amen. Um, uh, so, uh, invite people, encourage them to do. We're going to be talking about the power of the cross. You know, the centrality of the cross, we know this, is central to the gospel message. Paul went so far as to say this. Look in 1 Corinthians 1. In verse 18, he said, the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. That's why we're entitling this the power of the cross. The cross is the crossroads for every life. Amen? It is the difference between whether you perish or whether you receive that abundant eternal life and a relationship with God. There, there's only one way. You've got to go by the way of the cross. Now, we're going to be talking about resurrection, but before resurrection, there was a cross. There was pain. There was shame. There was agony. As Jesus hung between heaven and earth, He paid the price for us, and it is the power of the cross that is central to the gospel message of Christianity, and it is that cross which changed your life. Amen? And we're going to be looking at that today. Now, I know you say, well, I know all this. I've been saved for 50 years. Well, I'm going to tell you what. Never, ever lose your, your understanding and the reality of the power of the cross in your life and what it has accomplished. And it's good to revisit things sometime, isn't it? Man, I'm telling you. We had some good food yesterday. And it's food I've had before. But you know what? I enjoyed it yesterday, too. And I'm going to tell you, when I think about the power of the cross, now I know some of you, you, you were so wonderful, you did God a favor. I didn't do it. God didn't get any favors when he got me. So I know the power of the cross to change a life, to change a heart, to turn you around, going one way, and all, now you're going another way. So I want to look at the power of the cross. The cross is a separation point between our old life and a brand new one that God has invited every man and woman and child and boy and girl to enjoy. Amen? Amen. So why the cross? Why, do we, why was there a cross? You know, it doesn't seem fair to me, and it wasn't, that the only perfect man that ever lived, the only holy man that ever lived, the only God man that ever lived, that he of all people should die and suffer such a cruel death as a death on the cross. <coughs> Pardon me. <coughs> Give me a drink of water here. I got it. That's all right. Thank you. You know, <coughs> Jesus, as the perfect man, the perfect God-man, and let me just say this, you know, he was God and he was man. You say, how can that be? I have no idea. It's way over my pay grade. But he was the incarnate God-man. He called himself son of man, but he was also son of God. He was, he was divine, yet he was also human. 
He knew what it was like to be tired. He knew what it was like to be hungry. The Bible even says he was tempted in all ways, just like you and I, yet without sin. (coughs) Wow. And so this man who could feel pain like you feel pain, he took upon himself all the sin, all all the disease, all the shame, all the guilt, all the condemnation, All the judgment of God he took upon himself at a place called Calvary. So why? Why did this God-man, this perfect being, why did he do this? Why did he do it? Why the cross? Well, if you will, look in Galatians 6, 14, as we introduce this. Now, we can look at this and say, well, this this is so basic. I understand that. But, you know, sometimes every once in a while, we have to get back to the ABCs. <clears throat> you know, uh, a lot of times uh, it's, it's true when you're, you're writing something. It's true in mathematics that even though uh, you may be writing a, a very uh, learned paper about a particular topic or subject, it's still easy to have a typo in your work, isn't it? It's still easy to have a misspelled word, or if you're uh, doing some complicated computations, it's real easy sometimes. Maybe you're focusing on getting the, 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 the formulas right and everything right, but all of a sudden you realize you transposed a number. So it's, it's good for us to go back, and even though you, you may have heard all your life about the cross, to revisit what it's about. Paul said this in Galatians 6, verse 14. that me? 614, listen to this. He said, may I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ through, he said, "May may I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Notice what he says here. He says, why is the cross so important? Because he says, it, it is the dividing place here. He said, through which the world has been crucified to me, that old life, and I to the world. Listen, if your life has not experienced a dramatic change since believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, you've skipped over an understanding of the power of the cross. Because the Bible says that we are dead. We were crucified with Christ. Okay, when he was crucified, I was crucified, that old man. And so when I recognize that Jesus, he paid the price for me. But not only did he pay the price for me, but that I was crucified with him on that cross. And that old man has died, and now, through the power of resurrection, I have a brand new life. I have a brand new life. My desires have changed. My want to has changed. The things I used to love, I don't love anymore. The things I used to didn't care about, I love dearly now. I was preoccupied with the things of the world, what people thought, my career, my status, my income, where I live, what I drive, what people thought of me. All that 
Paul says, I've been crucified to all that stuff now. That means nothing to me. Paul was very graphic. He said it's like dung. Now, you know what dung is, don't you? Okay, I won't go any further. And you know what it usually attracts too, don't you? He said it says dung to me. He said that what? That I might win Christ. I want that new life that God has for me. Why do we need the cross? Because, very simply, man had a debt to pay. Man's sin debt. Turn over to Romans 5. We'll get into this. Romans 5. Paul, of course, throughout the book of Romans is the great dissertation that God gave through the apostle Paul that really sums up in, in, in a microcosm the history and the, uh, uh, of man and God from the fall of Adam all the way up to our redemption and, our, and the resurrection of man in Christ Jesus and the new life that we have. It's God's whole plan for man. You can see it in Romans. If you study that. So you should, if you haven't ever done that, you should study that book out, okay? Very, very carefully. Romans chapter 5. We're going to begin with verse 12. <clears throat> he said, we are not trying to commend ourselves to you. Uh-oh, I'm still in Corinthians. Sorry about that. Romans 5. Let me get over there. You're already over there. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way, death came to all people because what? All sin. Paul starts out here, he says, remember this, death came into the world by man. And sin came into the world by man. Listen, death and sin were never in God's plan for man. Never in his plan for, for God's creation. Never in his plan for you. The suffering that we see. You know, the great philosophical question of the ages, and people are still asking, why is there so much suffering? Why is there so much sickness, so much death, so much pain, so much cruelty, so much hate? So, I mean, we can go on. He said, why is there so much? The Bible tells us and sums it up because through one man, Adam, sin came into the world, and sin opened up the door to death. Now, death in the Bible doesn't mean just physical death. It means the separation of anything from the purpose for which it was created. See, at physical death, the spirit and the soul is separated from the physical body. And if you're saved, the spirit and the soul go to be with the Lord, because Paul said to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So there's a separation. That's death. But God never intended that. That's why there's going to be a bodily resurrection. Because God's going to get it the way he wanted it to begin with. So when we look at hate and fear and sickness and cruelty and hatred and racism and all of this stuff, all of that is, is death manifest in the physical Paul, if you read in Romans 8, he said the whole creation is under a curse because of this sin and death that came in it. You know, we hear, you know, on the news they talk about, you know, uh, 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 the tornado that just devastated so much in in a lot of places here in in, in Alabama and everything. And you hear them talking about it and they call it an act of God. 
You know, the, the, the war in the world is, is so strange. Yeah. On the one hand, they deny that God even exists. But as soon as something like this happens, they say it's an act of God. I want to ask them, get it straight. Is God real or not? You just said he, you don't even believe that God's real, but yet you're calling all this junk. Isn't it amazing? All the bad stuff is an act of God. What a lie that is. No, that's because sin is coming to the world. Death is coming. He said it came by one man. He said we need to understand. We're talking about why is the cross necessary. And he goes on to explain it. And let's, let's go down in verse 13. To be sure, sin was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not charged against anyone's account where there is no law. In other words, people didn't know there was sin. They weren't aware of sin, but sin was still here and people were still dying. Amen. When Cindy and I, we were, we were on the mission field, we were living in Argentina. Now, some of you are going to like this. There were no speed limits on the roads. Some of you guys like, yeah, some of you ladies too. Mm, man. I mean, you, you, get, you get out on the roads, it's all you can do. I mean, it's wide open. Man, I, you know, I could be going down the road 90-95 and people pass me. It's all you could do. But boy, when you saw a wreck, whoa, it was bad. And see, even though the law hadn't been given, you know, and nobody knew, you know, that this, you know, that the law was revealing that this was, this was bad and this was good and so forth. But I'm telling you that, nevertheless, people were having wrecks, so to speak. And death was happening. He goes on to say, Death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even those who did not sin, by breaking a command as Adam did. But the gift is not like the trespass, for if the many died by the trespass of the one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to many? So here's the thing. Man had a sin debt. Every man and woman that is not yet gone by the way of the cross, they have a debt. Are you listening? A sin debt. Boy, I'll I tell you what, mine was big. I don't know what size yours is, but, you know, a debt's a debt. Isn't that right? Sin's a sin. It's not, you know, you, can't, you ever seen anybody, you know, what was it? I'm trying to think of it. It was one of my favorite movies. There was a line from it. Oh, it was Princess Bride. Anybody ever seen that? And, and you know, and they, they, they took this guy, you know, he's been tortured, you know, he looks like he, he's dead, so they take him to this guy, you know, Max the Miracle Worker. And, uh, he's, you know, and he said, uh, he said, he's, they were talking about it, you know, about can you help him, can you help him? And, and, and they thought, well, you know, I guess he's, I guess he's, you know, he's had it. And he said, no, he's not dead, he's just, he's just mostly dead. How I many you know there in real life there's no mostly dead? There, there's death, and death came by sin. So there was a sin debt, and there was a separation that happened between God and man. God told Adam, He said, On the day that you disobey and sin, what? You will surely die. If you read over there, he lived a long time after he sinned. But you know what? He died 
He was separated from God the moment he sinned because all of a sudden they realized what? They were naked. And every man and woman outside of Christ Jesus is naked. They have a debt. They're separated from God. This is why man, kind in general, is searching so much. This is why there's so many religions in the world. There's something innate in man that knows that there is a God somewhere and there should be some way for me to be connected with Him. The philosophies of the world, they're trying to explain this. All All the false religions of the world are trying to obtain this. But yet it is only found one place and that is through the cross of Jesus Christ. There's a sin debt. That every man owes. We feel it. We know something's not right. I'm not right with God. There's got to be something better than this. There's got to be more than just, you know, buying a house and paying a mortgage and owning 10 cars and raising the kids and getting stuck in a ground, a hole in the ground, and that's it. There's got to be more to life than this. Something on the inside of every man and woman, I believe, it cries out, says, there's got to be a, there's got to be a creator. If there's a creation, there's got to be a creator. If there's a painting, there's got to be a painter. If there's a house, there's got to be an architect. I know that's simple. That's just how it is. So man was separated. He was separated from God by this sin. And you and I, we become separated when we live a life for ourselves and not for God. And that's what sin. See, sin's not just I killed somebody. The Bible says if you hate, you've already committed murder in your heart. Isn't that right? So all of those things, there was a sin debt there. You know, we used to sing a song years ago, you know, I owed a debt I couldn't pay. He paid a debt he did not owe. Talking about the cross. And so man is separated from God because of this sin debt. Man is unable to rescue himself. Now, you know, we here in this country because we're, you know, we're, we're about being independent, you know, self-reliant. And there's some, there's some good things about that, but not when it comes to salvation. You cannot pull yourself up to heaven by your own bootstraps. You may pull yourself out of poverty. You may pull yourself out of some, some very difficult situations, you know, by, by, you know by, by fortitude and working hard and doing all those things. And those things have their place in the natural realm. But you cannot lift yourself up out of hell, out of death, into life and into heaven by your own bootstraps. Amen? You can't do it. The Bible says that all, the best that any of, of the best of us can do is as filthy rags. So we cannot pay. We owe a debt. We cannot pay. We are separated, alienated from God because of this sin. And we cannot save ourselves. I remember when I got saved, I was a, I was a senior in college way back. Way back. Well, they used to have that cartoon on, what, they in the way back machine? You have to get in the way back Way back in the mid-70s, <clears throat> really early, early 70s, I graduated in the mid-70s. But anyway, I, I got saved, and boy, I'm telling you, oh, man, I was dangerous. <laughs> boy, 
I didn't know much, but boy, I knew this. I was like the blind guy. Once I was blind, now I can see. And man, I had, you know, of course, you know, I was a senior in college, you know, and I was taking these classes, you know, and I was sharing Jesus with anybody I could, and, you know, and of course, uh, you know, I had, you know, a professor, he had a PhD from Duke University, very brilliant, very smart man in the natural for uh, teaching, you know, upper level classes of economics and everything, but boy, I'll tell you, he didn't want to hear about Jesus. He'd be up with the class, it'd be full, and he'd, he, you know, he, he wouldn't call me by name, but he said, you know, he said, I don't need anybody to save me. And you know, that's the world's attitude, isn't it? That's the pride of man, you know, and I, I don't, I don't, I'm all for education, you know, I'm all for that, but I'm going to tell you what, if you don't know Jesus and you don't know the Bible, you're not educated yet. Amen. You may know some things about some different areas in the natural, but you're not educated if you don't know God. You talk about higher education. Amen. I'm all for it. Get Get your degree. Get your master's. Get your doctorate. Get two or three of them if you want to. But make sure you get your doctorate in God along with all those others. Amen. Man's inability to rescue himself. Look in Colossians 2 right there. I got to hurry along here. Colossians 2 and verse 12. Notice what it says here. And giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves in whom we have redemption. In whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So we were unable to rescue ourselves, so God took it upon himself to rescue us. The Bible says in another place that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission, no forgiveness of sins. This idea that God's just going to kind of overlook everybody's, uh, you know, faults and sins and sweep it under his, you know, his rug and his, in the back, by the back door of God's house, that's wrong. Amen. There has to be a pen, penalty paid for sin. Amen. And I'm concerned in the church today, you know, this is not necessarily a popular le- uh, lesson. We want everybody to feel good. Well, I'm going to tell you what. The cross didn't feel good. You know how long those spikes were they put through Jesus' hands and feet? You know that, that Roman spear that went up through his side? The, 40, the, the 39 lashes on his back? That wouldn't feel good time. Oh, ain't this wonderful? No, I'm going to tell you, the joy was set before him. He endured the cross. The joy came afterwards, and you and I get to enjoy and participate in His victory and His joy. But I want to tell you what, let's don't forget that it cost God a great price. The Bible talks about hell. Yeah, H-E-L-L, I said it in church. Talks about hell. And hell was created for the devil and his angels. It was not created for man. Now, here, let me sh- share some things here real quickly. Hell is the ultimate place of suffering. 
and along with, 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 the, with what the Bible talks about, the fire and all that, the ultimate reason that hell is such a place of suffering is because it is going to be the only place that is cut off from the presence of God. Even right now, mankind in this planet, even though there's sin in the world, it, we're living in a fallen world, man's in a fallen condition, we are, we are not totally separated from the grace of God. Are you listening? Even sinners are enjoying a certain degree what the Bible refers to as common grace. Jesus put it this way, God causes the rain to fall on the evil and on the just. God sends His blessings of this creation on the evil and the just. Isn't that right? If an evil man plants corn, he'll get corn back. An evil man breathes the same oxygen as a righteous man. So there's a degree. So there, we don't know what it's like to be. We are separated from God. But hell's going to be a place where there is no presence of God at all. You talk about suffering. Because you're completely and totally cut off from the source of life. Not me. I don't want to go there. Amen. Amen. And you don't have to. Amen. Let's talk about a little bit more about the power of the cross. Men's sin debt is paid in full. Turn back over there. <clears throat> let's, let's look in uh, 2 Corinthians 5. Let's go back over there. I want to look at something toward the end of that real quickly. I've got to hurry along. My time. Time moves faster when you're preaching. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Back to verse 15, the gift is not like the trespass, for if the many died by the trespass of one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to many? Nor can the gift of God be compared with the result of one man's sin. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation, but the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. Now listen to this in verse 17, for if, by, if through... Uh, for if by the trespass of the one man, Adam, death reigned through one, the, that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? Now, he says through the one man, Adam, sin came in and death reigned. Boy, I'm telling you what, if we don't know anything, we, we would all agree with this, death is present in our world, isn't it? Death reigns. If Jesus tarries, everybody's going to die. I'm not trying to rain on your parade. I'm just trying to tell you the truth. Isn't that right? He said death reigned. He said death was reigning. I mean, there's death here. There's death in China. There's death in Tibet. There's death in the, in the Sahara Desert. There's death in the rainforest of the Amazon. There's death in the great metropolitan cities. There's death in the house of the rich. There's death in the house of the poor. There's death everywhere. It rains. But he said much more than that, those who received this gift of life because of what Jesus did at the cross, he said that that life God's intention is that life will reign much more. Because one day, death is going 
to be arrested and stopped. The Bible says in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 15, that the last enemy of God and mankind that will be arrested and put under our feet is death. So he says death is going to stop one day, but this life of God is forever and forever and forever. You know how long forever is? It's a long time. <laughs> so death is going to have an end one day. There's going to be one day when, when Satan, Lucifer, all of his angels, and death is going to be put in the pit. Boy, I hope I'm whole side for that. I'll see him go down. But he said, because of this life, we're going to reign in life. God desires you to reign in life, that his life in you would, would reign, that there would be joy and peace and righteousness and goodness and mercy and love and forgiveness and, and health and healing and blessing and, oh, man, on and on and on, right now throughout all eternity. Man, you'd be happier than that. If they showed up at your door with a big fat check from Publishers Clearinghouse. You'd be out there saying, thank you, Jesus. You'd be. And what I just told you, and you're like, oh, yeah. Listen, I'm talking about we're going to go to a place where we're going to walk on that stuff that people are willing to die for now. That's going to be the curb outside your mansion. And ain't nobody going to be trying to dig it up because it ain't going Well, not only that, but who, who, why, why do you, when you got everything, why, I mean, you ain't got to grab for stuff, do you? That's another lesson. <laughs> Verse 18, consequently, I got to wrap this up. Just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so also one righteous act, the cross, one righteous act. One righteous act by Jesus, one act of obedience, one act of ultimate suffering. You talk about the, the ultimate selfless act. It was Jesus at the cross. There's about, what, about six billion people, something like that, six and a half billion people. You know, there's more people alive now than have, have lived and died up to this point in history. He took all of those people, all of our sins, all of our hatred, all of that on us. Whoa. We cannot fathom the weight of that. That takes some big shoulders. Amen. He said, also one righteous act resulted in justification in life for all people. For just as through the disobedience of the one man, Adam, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man, Jesus Christ, many will be made righteous. Listen to this. He said, the law was brought in so that the trespass might increase. You know, if there was not some way, if, if, if you didn't have a mirror, it would be hard for you to know what you look like, wouldn't it? 
The law is like a mirror. When I look into the mirror, all it does is it just shows me everything, right? (laughs) Now, you can get mad at the mirror. You can blame the mirror. You can even break the mirror. But it don't change what you look like, does it? That's the law. See, the mirror's not there to help you look younger. That's not a mirror's function, is it? It's it's there merely to show you this is what you look like. And so when you look at the law, see, this is why as believers, you can look at the law all you want to, but all it's going to do is show you you, you're coming up short. You don't measure up. You didn't do it. You didn't do this. You didn't do that. You should have done this. You should have done that. You can get all mad and say, ah, but see, God had to do Give us the law because what? We had to realize we were sinners. If you don't know you're a sinner, you don't know you need to get the salvation of God. See, that's, that's the problem with many people in the world. Uh, hey, I'm, uh, you know, I've had people tell me this. Well, I'm as good as the next guy. I think God will let me in. And you're going to, listen, you wouldn't run your business that way. And yet you're going to do your eternal life that way? You're going to approach it so cavalierly? Well, I just think, you know, I'm about as good as the next guy, and God will probably let me in, and I don't know. That'd be like saying, well, you know, I'm not going to go into a, a, you know, to my business today. I, you know, I think I'm just going to take a year off from the business. I think it'll run itself, and it'll be all right. And I won't have, you know, if you're, you know, if you're a realtor, I don't have to go out and list any homes or get any clients. It'll, I, it'll just work out. It'll work out all right. Why, nobody would do that, would they? You, you didn't do your education that way. I hope. I don't feel like going to class today. But yet people will do their eternal salvation that way. They take it so, so lightly. Man, the Bible says, make your calling and election sure. I want to be sure. If I want to be sure about one thing, I want to be sure about that. Because eternity, as you just said, is a long time. He says, but where sin increased, just like death, there's no place that they're not sinning. You, you, I don't care. you go to the North Pole, there's somebody there, sin's happening. Sin increased. And all it did was what? We looked in the mirror. You know, I might not have known that I ever had a blemish on my face. I might have thought my face was just perfect, perfectly shaped. Everything was perfect, you know, until I looked in that dead gum mirror. And now that's all I can see. Every time I look in there, that's a little bit crooked and one ear's lower than the other one. He said, increase the more. So that just as sin reigned through death, so also, listen now, but where sin increased, grace increased all the more. All the more. Because think about it. If grace was not greater than death, then, you know, we'd be in trouble. I mean, if you come to me and said, you know, they're getting ready to foreclose on my house, you know, I'm $10,000 behind, you know, in payments. I said, well, here's $100. 
Well, that's a free gift, isn't it? And now what grace is? Grace is a free gift. I just gave you free. I gave you $100. Is that going to help you much? This is what he's talking about. Where sin abound, he said grace had to what? Much more abound. So what? It could pay the debt. And I got news for you. It'll pay your debt, everybody else's debt, and God will have plenty left over. I'm trying. So also, grace might reign through the righteousness to bring eternal life. So man's sin debt is paid. Man's put back into right standing with God. Let's read that real quickly. We just read it, but we'll read it again. Colossians chapter 1. I got to close up. Is that, is that clock right? Yeah, it is right. I got to stop. Read one more scripture here real quickly. Colossians chapter 1. We said that man's sin debt's paid in full. We're put back in right standing with God. And then finally, we're delivered from the dominion of Satan. Colossians 1, 13. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness. A dominion means a domain. It's a place where a ruler exercises authority. Well, I got news for the devil. I'm no longer in his domain. You know, we... we, like some of you, we've, we've lived in other nations and traveled in other nations and so forth. You know, when you go to another nation, you are bound by the laws of that nation. Amen? I mean, we were in the Bahamas. Those crazy people, they drive on the wrong side of the road. You get in a car and there's no steering wheel over there. It's over here on the right-hand side. And you talk about strange doing that for the first time. I mean, everything was just, you know. But here's the thing. You go by their laws, like Argentina. When I was there, you know, no speed limits. So I never worried about getting a ticket. Never crossed my mind. Why? You couldn't get one for speeding. But now you come over here. Get on I-65. Now, I'm not saying do this, but you try going 95 on I-65 for any length of time. I don't know, some of y'all might have tried that. It didn't work out, though, did it? We're free from his dominion. We're not under the laws of Satan. What is part of his dominion? It's fear, it's death, it's sickness, it's disease, it's guilt, it's condemnation, it's hatred, it's all those things. I'm not in that kingdom anymore. Amen? I'm not worried about getting a notice from the, 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 the government of, of Argentina that I've been conscripted into their army. If I got such a letter, I'd laugh and throw it in the, in the trash. Why? They don't, I'm not living there. They don't have any dominion over me. So when the devil comes and tells you, you've got to be sick, you've got to hate, you can't forgive, you've got to be... Uh, Busted, disgusted, and discouraged, and all that stuff. I just tell him, that's going right in file 13. That's going right in my shredder. That's going right in my garbage can because I'm not in your dominion anymore. And I don't care if I did miss it. That ain't none of your business. Amen. Listen to this from the message, and then we're going to pray. This is out of Hebrews 10. You don't have to turn over there. You can read it later. 10 through 14. Listen to this. 
It was a perfect sacrifice by a perfect person to perfect some very imperfect people. By that single offering, he did everything that needed to be done for anyone who takes part in the process. I'm, I'm taking part. How about you? You say, how do you take part? It's very simple. Whoever will call and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says you will be saved. If you believe in your heart, listen, Jesus went to a place called Calvary, Golgotha. There he became, just as this, I love the way this reads, he became the perfect person, the perfect sacrifice for an imperfect people like me. And now it's only up to you and I to decide what will we do? Will we embrace the cross? Oh, it's not, it's not lovely. Because I embrace the cross, I'm saying I'm a sinner. Boy, I tell you, human pride don't want to say that. I'm as good as the next man. Well, if the next man's a sinner too. <laughs> That's like, it's like, you know, three murderers on death row. I'm as good as the next murderer. But he says if we'll embrace it, if we'll believe that Jesus went to that cross and he paid the price so that my debt, my sin debt could be paid in full so that I could be brought back into a right relationship with God and that I might escape paying my own debt. See, when people leave this life without believing on and receiving Jesus into their life, they are left to pay their own debt. People ask me, why is there a place called hell? Because the debt's got to be paid. You didn't want to accept Jesus' payment, so now you're going to pay it for yourself. Well, I think like you and me, we want to take what Jesus offered, what Jesus did. So if you bow your heads, we're going to pray real quickly. The Bible says this, that we, to partake of this, this process, this perfect sacrifice, we must believe in our heart on the Lord Jesus Christ. We believe that He did die for my sins. He paid the price for my sins. That God raised Him up from the dead. And now, whoever will believe in their heart and confess with their mouth Jesus as their Savior and Lord, they'll be saved. I don't want you to leave, anyone to leave this place today without knowing that, what, that you have received the benefit of Jesus' sacrifice at Calvary. The Bible says when we receive Him, all of our sin debt is paid. God says, it's, I won't even remember that there ever was a debt. And we can be sure of this. A lot of things in life, maybe we're, we can't be sure, but we can be sure of this one thing. That if we call on the name of the Lord and believing in Him, God will hear, God will forgive, and God will save or bring us back in the right relationship. If you're here this morning and you've never done that, but you'd like to this morning, I want to pray for you. If you just lift your hand up while heads are bowed, you say, I need Jesus. I need forgiveness. I know 
I'm not right with God. I know that I need this grace. I know I, I need this life that God offers. I need it. I need it. Don't leave here without being right. Don't, it, it only takes a moment. It only takes a minute. Don't let him pass you by. The greatest opportunity that you will ever be presented with is right now. Don't let it pass you by. Hallelujah. I don't see any hands. Okay. Father, thank you for what you've done by giving your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, may we never forget no matter how basic it may be, God, without this, none of the rest matters. It's good to be healed. It's good to have, it's good all that. But God, without this, none of that else really matters. Lord, you said that if in this life only is our hope, we're of all men most miserable. But because of the cross, because of what Jesus did, I thank you we leave this place today. We can face life, face the problems in our life, but we can face it, Lord, with this hope. No matter what I'm facing now, my future is bright. My future is secured because I have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.